You're listening to the Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technological advanced silhouette decoys on the market. And Vortex Canada, the force of optics. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Union 0430. This is episode 97 and it's a light crew and it's good because um, I'm the only one that knows Mr. Jeff Wood. Uh, so it gets good because I get them all to myself and I get to chat when I'm just myself and I don't get all the rest of the boys chiming in. So it's awesome. Dave's at the fire hall. Mark is, I don't know, I'm thinking Mark is out still out helping clean up from that tornado that landed uh, in the area back about a week ago. So he's been giddy running around with his chainsaw for the last few days. So I'm thinking that's where, where Mark is. Philly is working. Ryan, um, I haven't heard from him. So I'm thinking he's at something pretty important as well. So you got me and only me. And we have Mr. Jeff Wood, or Geoff, as as uh, Jeff Coates calls them, or Species, or uh, what was that other one? Cobra. 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 Yeah, I like Species. Species was my favorite. So we're gonna get into a good chat with Jeff. Jeff's from PEI. I had hunted with him last fall uh, myself. Uh, Josh Reed, Steve Segulik drove down to PEI, hung out with uh, hung out with uh, Geoff and and Jeff, and uh, we had a we had a great time. So we're going to get into that. Start talking about uh, what's happening down on the East Coast. Jeff is very very involved with uh, with Delta waterfowl down there, and uh, and he isn't he is the epitome of an outdoorsman. So uh, so this is going to be this is going to be a great great episode and. Uh, if we can, we'll get him to give us a, a quick shot of, of his little man cave that he's in uh, later on in the show, just to show you um, some of the beautiful, beautiful birds that he's harvested over uh, over the last number of years down in PEI. So, Jeff, buddy, thank you so much for coming on. I know you were a little bit hesitant about it, but uh, you know what? I, I'm glad you glad you agreed to come on, and it's good to see you, buddy, and chat face to face. Yeah, good to see you too, buddy, and uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, so so for those that that are listening, and if you f- followed along, like last year we went to PEI, um, where where we met up with Jeff Coates from Pit Boss Waterfowl. So Jeff and Jeff had had met us at the at the the cabins, uh, cold beer in the fridge waiting for us, some snacks already waiting for us, and uh, we started this. Uh, this hunt and and we had we had a whale of a time uh and a great time and one of the biggest things that i'll always remember that i'll take back from it was because in when i when i you know waterfowl hunted when i was in newfoundland when i was growing up i all we done was pond hop right like we never we didn't set out decoys nobody had a call nobody wore camel it was really just you know pond hopping and and it was really fluke if you were getting birds right like there wasn't a whole lot of skill put into it and then you know i i got back into it when i was in new brunswick um so i got a little bit more into 
you know, hunting ducks and, and the strategy behind it. Then when I moved to Ontario, hooked up with Mark Bitch and all those guys and really, really got into it. So I sort of kind of got settled in my ways of how to do, how to hunt ducks and geese and stuff. And then I go to PEI and all of that just goes right out the door because you guys just do think, and it was the most amazing, some of the most amazing things. And I'll still remember to this day, taking that crabgrass and, and turning them into black duck decoys and hunting over it. It's still one of my favorite memories of all time. So it, it's good to have Jeff on because we'll get to pick his brain on some of the things that they do in PEI um, that, that none of you have ever seen or have even heard tell of. So it, it'll be a good episode. I, yeah, it'll be a good episode. So, um, so Jeff, first off, I, I wanted to give you a chance to sort of kind of introduce yourself and, and, you know, your experience, because you are a very, very experienced waterfowl, uh, excuse me, waterfowler. And, and I want to give the, the people that are listening a reason why they call you species, the nickname, is you have this crazy drive to chase the 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 weird the funny birds, right? So like when those Eurasian visions comes in, when that weird hybrid shows up, when you find that bird, you will spend the entire season chasing that bird, won't you? Yeah, I will. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not just going to set up for that bird every day until I get it. Right. Um, that one time I was almost that bad, but now it just doesn't mean <laughs> quite as much to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I see something like, like Eurasian widgeon, I shot one in Alaska, but I'd never shot one here in the island and I've been trying for years. Yeah. And I, it's the one, did you see that one when you were here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so the one you had seen, I, it was three or four years that I saw that in the same location and I was, I was haunting him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then it got shot. And then luckily I found another one two days before the season ended. And, uh, and you got that. Yeah. I was lucky enough to shoot him. That uh, amazing. Like you, yeah, you followed one for a couple years. I remember you took us because we were, we were looking at, we had come back from a goose hunt. We had traveled down a road in an area that was just absolutely flooded with geese, but you couldn't hunt there. Uh, I think it was a conservation area or something like there was no hunting in around there. And obviously the geese knew it. So and that, you know, we watched the geese and we were chatting and stuff like that. And then you took us down to where this spot is, where you've seen that Eurasian widgeon, right? But um, just like I, and this is my thoughts, but I think, you know, we're traveling around. We've got, what, we had two or three trucks, decoys, trailers, all this stuff. And people start noticing us where we're stopping, where we're looking. And then right at that spot where we're stopped, where, where you had seen that, that widgeon, I think somebody, somebody else seen us there and they were like, Oh, there's something funky going on here. If Geoff is, if Geoff is stopping here, there's something funky going on here. And I think that's what ended up happening. And, and somebody, somebody got to your bird. I, I think that that's, that's my conspiracy theory on that one anyways. Yeah. And, and that, that could be right. I mean, um, <laughs> the fact that Jeff put it on, uh, well, and, he, took, yeah. he took a video or took a picture and put it on Facebook. I, I thought, oh, and I mean, 
to those who know the area, it was pretty, <laughs> pretty obvious where it was. So, but no, I think, I think the guys that shot it, honestly, I think it was just a total fluke in their part. Oh, really? I... Yeah. From my understanding, they didn't even know what they shot. They were going to pluck it. <laughs> That's awesome. what it feels. Yeah. I had a buddy here, um, a couple years ago. Uh, he had sent me a picture. He was like, do you know what this duck is? And, and it was obviously, it was a mallard, right? Um, but it was a, a bibbed mallard was what it was. And I didn't know, uh, I didn't know it was a bibbed mallard. So actually I took the picture and sent it to Ryan bro. And I was like, Ryan, what is this? And he had confirmed it was a bibbed mallard. So I wrote my buddy back to tell him it's a bibbed mallard. You should get that stuff. And he was like, too late. It's in the frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah some tasty so, yeah some tasty and you know what he he was the type of fella that oh yeah well yeah it's a cool looking duck i took some pictures of it uh but it, you know i went out to shoot a duck so i could have something to eat so that was you know he he didn't he didn't cry or anything because he ate a bit mallard he was just as content to you know to have up some fried mallard breast and and uh then he was if he had it hung on his wall right so uh it, it, it's funny i love it but i did want to talk to you about you know when it comes to and i was guilty of it too like there's not a huge flyway of birds in newfoundland right um canada's or or ducks like we have some but not anything to be extremely uh, to get too excited about, right? And then I had hunted with Ryan in Nova Scotia, some of the best duck hunting I've ever had um, in Nova Scotia with Ryan. And then I get to PEI, the ducks and geese, and and maybe this is not a good idea to be talking about how many ducks and geese there are in PEI, because maybe you guys will start getting swarmed now, but I don't think PEI gets gets the the attention that that it should get when it comes to waterfowl hunting because it is absolutely fantastic hunting on the east coast yeah we've got a pretty good um access can be hard you know especially for geese to try to get fields so many of them are spoken for mm -hmm. uh, but i mean if you if you have prime fields you can you know you can really do well for sure and when you guys were here, I mean, let's face it, the weather sucked. I mean, it, it, just it did. Sunny and calm all mm -hmm. three days. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it actually, the day we left was was the best hunting day that that we had had in in the four or five days that we were there. I believe. I believe the day we left, we were like, oh yeah, here's the weather we've been waiting for all week, and it's finally showing up on the day that we left, right? But it was still like, it was impressive. Like we seen tons. I remember that first morning we set up and we were with Polly um, on a goose hunt. Like we had seen geese and they had flown over. Like they, they had somewhere else where they wanted to be that morning. Um, but we seen so many ducks in the air flying by. And I was just like, I was giddy. I couldn't believe the amount of ducks that was flying around and, and all, you know, mallards just beautiful mallards and i i was just again i i shouldn't have been shocked but i i was i i was really really impressed with the amount of birds that was there and and like you said i know it it depends on the um getting the access and stuff like that and and i get that but man if you can lock down some fields there 
it's uh it's it's impressive no doubt about it oh yeah no for sure we a lot of us don't really realize how how good we do have it you know mm -hmm. well um, i can remember one of the uh, you know one of the fellas um that came over to have drinks with us we did i didn't hunt with him um but he was one of the older gentlemen i i forget his name now but i know like like those guys and then there was a young fellow with him um and those guys like every day it's limits like that's that's it like every day they'll they hunt till they get their limits every day they don't call it after oh well it's a little bit of a lull here two three hours in as we'll pack up and we'll go but like getting limits every day yeah and they've got a ton of good fields yeah yeah and yeah you know i i guess that's that's the important thing to take away from this eh like you can have all the birds around you all you want, but if you don't have access to the land or to the spot, to the X where they're, where they're going, it's all for naught, I guess, eh? Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. They still work at it. You know, they scout, yeah. they get up, they hunt, they get their birds, they go home, you know, maybe have a shower, nap, whatever, and then scout Yeah. for the next day. And then, you know, just that's a cycle every day. Yeah. So they, they put the time in. There's no doubt about it. They earn it. Um, but it definitely helps to have the fields. Yeah, 100%. Jeff, buddy, I wanted to talk to you about, um, about your work with, with Delta. Cause I know, I know you're, you're, you're a big advocate for Delta and for DU, I know, um, for both of them, but, but most, more so for Delta and, and, you know, you got guys like, um, Jesus, his name is, is slipping my mind now but he he's the the eastern eastern canada uh coordinator for oh, john 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah so i know you know and and so i know delta is, is really involved and you guys are doing some amazing things down in pei and and i know um you're not a scientist um you know by by trade or by education or anything but but you've been involved in a long time you've been banding for a long time and stuff and and this this whole topic and and i personally don't think it's getting enough airplay but this avian flu that seems to be threatening um you know our our, our waterfowl right now it doesn't seem to be getting any attention um but i know you guys had had I don't want to say outbreak because that's a strong word, but you did have cases of it in PEI back the spring, correct? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think back to the spring if we did or not. Um, right now, there's a lot of gannets dying of it here is on it, the island. Is it really? Yeah. So for those yeah. that don't know, a gannet is, is it's like, it's a, it's like a seagull. It's smaller than a seagull, but a, a really long, long beak, um, yeah, they're smaller than a seagull, eh? A gannet? Uh, they're a pretty big bird. Yeah. They might be small, maybe smaller than your blackback gull because they're they're yeah. good. Yeah. But no, um, they're a pretty good, pretty good size. Okay. So, anyways, the gannets, yeah, that's wow. That's yeah, and they like they shut down. I was banding ducks this winter and I got shut down because of avian influenza. Right. Um, and it wasn't as a concern. You know, it wasn't that they were concerned with my safety. It was just that they didn't want to congregate birds in an area by baiting them. Okay. Because of it, you know, that's how it spreads is them being together. Right. Uh, so they shut that down and 
now they're they're planning on coming and when i say they that's canadian wildlife service yeah um, they're planning on being here at the end of the month for three days um and three days the first week of july to ban geese okay because when, when they do the summer banning of geese there's no baiting they just right uh, J- jonathan platts with ducks unlimited does a lot of work with them and he he finds the birds we go in uh corral them and just lurk, like lead them into the pen basically and uh so what's there is there you're not right. you're not drawing more birds in if they're there already so yeah um the last time i talked to my contact at cws he thought that we might have to wear masks um as a precaution okay um and they're supposed to be teaching me how to swab for for avian influenza while they're here okay okay and that's all and you know when and and i know there's some people that's probably listening and, and they're like oh here we go to fucking mask again but it's not it's not that the that there's it's it's a precautionary thing right because they don't know that it it's it's just something listen wear a mask because you know we we don't know and and so we'll teach you to swab get you to mask and that's due diligence on our part for for people that's that's doing the banding right like it's not a it's not a mandate or or anything like that that's coming down from the government because i know there's a bunch of people that you know as soon as they hear that that word masks and and having to wear masks they're automatically thinking that uh you know better put the tinfoil hat back on and and yeah and and i don't know i have a feeling this may be coming from um whoever it is that administers the banding program yeah of like course Canadian wildlife service would be licensed through that entity yes so I'd... so who is it like on your uh oh i got my friggin' thing hooked out but when you do that uh when you report a ban right like that's a yes. that's a that's a u.s in partnership with with Canada right like so that could very well be a a U.S. Canada thing where they say listen this precautionary let's just make sure that we know that our volunteers aren't going to get ill because ultimately that's what it comes down to right like they they rely on the volunteers to help out so much with this the last thing they want to do is is put anybody in harm's way right so uh that's that's what I think anyways Yep, for sure. I mean, if there was, I don't know, let's say there's 20 people on a banding site, you probably have five Canadian Wildlife Service um, staff and the rest. Jonathan from, from Ducks Unlimited would be there, uh, some DU volunteers, and then they get watershed groups or conservation groups involved. Right. As well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, anyways, to get back to that, so is like, what is, have you heard anything? Uh, and and I'll precursor this that I've I've been chatting with with uh, Dr. Scott Petrie from from Delta, and and I'm and Scott's going to come on the show. He's got some things on the go right now that he's that he's as you can imagine, he's a pretty busy man and a lot of stuff on the go. So once he gets his schedule cleared away, he's going to come on. And I told him that that this was one of the topics that I really wanted to talk about was this avian flu because. I don't think that it's getting the airplay that that it should be getting. I, I think people need to be aware of it um, because there's so many 
there's so many people out there that are waterfowlers, but they may not be as as hardcore into it as what say you are, Jeff, where you know you're doing it every day uh, during the fall. And these are guys that are out on the weekend just to get out, to have some fun. They enjoy it. They love it. But they're not following all the news when it comes to the waterfowl, right? That's that's in their area. So I, I think that it needs a little bit more airplay because here in Ontario, they were talking about, you know, you should be careful with any wild birds whatsoever, you know. And this was coming out just before turkey season and they were saying, you know, you got to be careful about harvesting any wild bird. Well, okay, hold on now. Like you got to give us a little bit more science behind just coming out with that blanket statement and saying, you know, be careful on any wild bird uh, because avian flu is going on. Well, listen, you got to give us a little bit more because that's just creating nothing but panic, right? And, and, and a lot of doubt because nobody really knows the answer. So that's why I've, you know, I, I've bringing it up to you and why I'm trying to get Dr. Petrie on is because I, I think that it's something that, you know, the, the millions of listeners of, of the show here could probably take advantage of some education. Yeah. And I mean, I've already heard of people, you know, who think our, our season is in jeopardy. Um, and, you know, through my conversations with anyone who really knows that, isn't the case you know mm-hmm. again uh, i don't think canadian wildlife service would come over here and ban geese and, and handle a thousand geese 1400 geese if you know if the, if the concerns were that high that they yeah. could possibly shut, shut our season down yeah um so and apparently what i was told uh ducks don't really seem to get affected by it they can be carrying uh but be asymptomatic and you know they for whatever oh, really? reason they, yeah yeah, oh, cool. geese apparently don't react as well, and gannets apparently, from what we're seeing here. Yeah, um, and now there's a fear that dogs could get infected. So, uh, again, a buddy of mine this morning, his his dog came across a, a wounded one, and we're encouraged here in the island to call in any sightings if you find a bird you feel yeah. might be infected. So he called it in, and Fish and Wildlife just told him keep an eye on the dog. Yeah. Um, you know, which, which you would, you, yeah, and which is all you can really do. Yeah. Um. So, when it comes to, and 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 this is, and I get it one hundred percent that this is all speculation on your part. Um, you've got no proof of anything or or whatever. So anybody that's listening, don't take this as gospel or anything. But like you look at at PEI, and PEI is a you know, a farming province. It, it is very much an agricultural province, uh, wild, uh, not wildlife, but livestock, um, vegetables and stuff like that. Like are the farmers at all concerned, like are any more concerned than what they are of all the other friggin' threats that a farmer has when it comes to his livestock and, and, his, and his crop, right? Because they're always battling, they're always battling something. Um, so like, have you heard any, like, have any of the farmers had to take any extra precautions or anything like that? No, not that I've heard of. Okay, um, good. You know, poultry farmers, I think would be the ones most affected. Right. Um, right. You know, there's, I think there's more concern here right now with potato wart that happened oh, yeah. last fall and really has affected the, the potato industry in a very bad way. Oh, shit. That, so... 
I, I still, it was awesome. I remember we were hunting one morning and, and this is, this is the beauty about going to, to different places and, and experience and stuff. We were hunting one morning and, and we had decided, you know, yeah, we're packing up. We're going to head back. Uh, that was the morning that we had uh, took the crabgrass and made it in, made the black duck decoys. Um, and we were going back to the cottages and we were going to have a big meal and, and stuff like that. And we were going to have fries and, and the whole bit. And well, we need some potatoes and well, let's go, let's go pick some potatoes. And, you know, it was a friend of yours and, and someone that you knew. So we didn't just arbitrarily just pull up on some farmer's field and start, but, but, you know, we went out, we had our couple five gallon buckets and filled our five gallon buckets with some potatoes, went back, peeled them right there and, you know, made our fries. Jeff and Karen thought I was going to chop my fingers off, but uh, you know, that was all good. It was all good. We had, we had some great, uh, great potatoes. But when we were picking the potatoes, you had mentioned that the geese, the geese will eat potato. And yep. I've never heard anybody mention that before because, you know, here, all we see is geese hitting the corn or the alfalfa or the beans or, you know, there's not a, a, a big potato industry here in, in this area anyways. So when you tell me that, yeah, they'll hit a, they'll hit a potato field, 100% they'll hit a potato field. They are, I guess, creatures of their environment, right? Like they adapt and, and that's how, that's how they succeed. That they just adapt and they eat what they eat and, and, and that's it. But I still remember, I was like, what? Eating potatoes? That's awesome. Yeah. And they, yeah, after a good frost, the smaller ones turn kind of mushy, and those are the ones they really go for. Mm -hmm. And I mean, years ago, the geese didn't hit the fields here at all, you know, so they started into the grain fields and then and potatoes, and we didn't have that much corn, but now there's a ton of corn. Okay. So you don't see them in the potatoes as much um, in just, areas, you know. Yeah. Just, yeah, now, now there's more of a variety for them, right? So that, so they can, you know, go back to their what they're normally drawn to, which is the corn and the grain and, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Jeff, tell, tell us a little bit about, you know, what you've seen over the years when it comes to hunting on the island. And, and, and that is like local hunters and then, you know, non-resident hunters that are coming. Like, are you seeing, like, are you, would you consider this the high point of, of the numbers of people that are, are waterfowl hunting on the island or, or are you seeing a decline? Because when we were there, there was some young, there was a lot of young fellas that was around that were hunting and, and you got that little, that little kid that, that comes out, which is sometimes, I forget his name now. Um, Lamb. Yeah, like that kid is hooked, line and sinker. Like he loves it, right? So are you seeing um you know an increase in, in numbers of people wanting to be chasing the birds um I th it might be rebounding some damien but i mean it, it's been on the decline for years mm -hmm. um i think the people that hunt now are a little more diehard than they used to be yeah you know you'd get a lot of weekend guys and guys that everyone used to say by november 11th there'd be a lot of guys that'd be their last hunt you know they go out that morning and that was it they packed it up um and our season used to end on the second saturday in december now it goes till december 31st so that's giving people more opportunity and yeah 
I don't know. I think, I think there's a certain number of people too, that want to know where their food come from. So they, uh, you know, you go out and shoot it out of the sky, you know, where it came from. Well, yeah. And, and that's, you bring up a good point because we brought it up here on the show before we're seeing, and, and it's just for lack of a better term on my part, but, and, and I call them hippies and, and hipsters and stuff, but generally people that you wouldn't think that would be um, interested in hunting. Um, so, you know, city people, I guess, is, is the best thing, the easiest way to uh, describe them. But we're seeing, especially here in Ontario, we're seeing more and more of these people um, getting into hunting for that very reason, because they want to know where their food is coming from. They want to know how it's harvested, how it's, how it's clean, how it's prepared, everything about it. And, and going out and hunting is is the best way that they can ensure that they know exactly what it is that they're putting on their dinner table, right? So you, we're seeing an increase of people that you wouldn't have thought uh, would be hunters. Um, so, which which is good for everybody in in the hunting world when you get more and more of these people in, right? Because as long as they're as long as they're being morally responsible and and doing things safely, well, you know, it just works out great for for hunters everywhere. Yeah. And we need, you know, we need youth, we need kids getting into us um, or else it will die, you know? It so will. yeah. when I see Landon out there and just his enthusiasm, it just does me, <laughs> does the heart good. I mean, he is like you say, he's hook, line and sinker. So. Well, you know, and, and his dad is, his dad is into it. And then you're out there with him, you know, he just, he's soaking it up and, and he's got a couple great mentors and a couple couple good people to teach them the, the right way to go about it right and and you know Bodhi's are just as excited as he is I would assume Bodhi's were the same as he uh at that age when I come to chasing birds too right so it, it is it it really is good to see the youth being involved and I I know, I know Delta has got this, um, this program that they're really, really pushing right now. This, um, I forget the acronym that they use, but it, but it's, I think it's uh, recruitment retention and something like triple R or, or something. Yeah. Like the three that. R or something. Yeah. The three R's or something like that. It's like recruitment retention and something. I, I don't know, but I know they're pushing really hard, uh, for this, um, in North America, just because of what you said, if we don't get the youth involved, it it is going to die, right? And and it's not going to be as as what it once was. So it is our responsibility, and we've said it on the show a million times. It's our responsibility to make sure that we're introducing the right people and educating everybody the right way in order to uh, ensure that this keeps going. And that's. The importance of Delta and DU and then your conservation authorities that's in your area, all of those things, not one of them can do it all by themselves. Um, they need, it takes a lot, it takes a, a village, right, to, to raise something. So um, so we need all of those people to, to be doing their things and we need volunteers and we need the youth involved and, and every walk of life that that's out there, be it if you just want to conserve or if you want to save a wetland or if you want to be a hunter, whatever, it doesn't matter. But we just we just need everybody that we can out there to be 
contributing some volunteer time and some education just so that this stays, uh, you know, a passion for, for all of us for as long as we can. Yeah, for sure. And, and there's different ways of volunteering too. I mean, um, I was on the Ducks and Limited Committee oh, for two years, I think, and it just, just wasn't my thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I've built duck uh, hen houses, the, the tubular structures that, yeah. that um, Delta came up with. And then I've built uh, wood duck boxes and, you know, get out, put those things up and, you know, you're doing your part. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Like there, there's a lot of ways to volunteer, um, being part of a committee, setting up hen houses or, or those nesting tubes. Um, yeah, there's a million ways that, that you can contribute and, and it really just depends. Even I know, um, here you're starting to see a lot of, uh, on the ducks unlimited side, you're seeing a lot of, uh, photographers that are getting involved because, obviously on, on the wetlands, they can come in and on a, on a DU project, they can come in and, and just set up their camera gear and, and spend a whole day just snapping pictures. Right. And then on the flip side, you got an organization like Delta that, you know, so much money from each dinner gets dumped right back into the local area. Right. So, um, everybody is, is contributing and, and, and got, got something to pull somebody in right so this is why we're saying get out there volunteer uh if you don't think you've got nothing to offer when it comes to volunteer work uh i think you'd be surprised if you actually talk to a, a committee in your area because i bet you they they could use your help uh one way or another that that's for sure oh yeah for sure um Woody, what's going on this fall? Like, you got any big plans this fall? Are you are you going to go down to Maryland and hunt with Jeff this fall? Or is Jeff coming um, up to hunt with you this fall? And I know you're sporting the new Pit Boss Waterfowl hat there. I, I got I to gotta throw some props out there to uh, Mr. Coates because that's a fine-looking hat. It is, yeah. Yeah, he and Karen are coming up... Um... I think they'll leave in Maryland on the 24th of October. Okay. Um, and I think he plans on driving straight through like they did last year. And mm -hmm. then they're here until the 8th and 9th, 8th or 9th of November. Oh, good. A good long trip for them then. Yeah, they'll be here a couple of weeks. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I won't be going down there, I don't think. Um, 2024, I'm thinking. I'll okay. be going down. Um, I don't have anything planned this year other than you know stick around here and yeah well and you'll have a you'll have a week and a bit with with jeff and and that's you know that's something that that people don't i don't think people uh, i shouldn't say this i shouldn't say people don't realize it but um i think people sometimes just forget about it you know when you go places and i remember jeff bringing it up bringing it up to us right when we were down there the amount of time that you personally took to drive around with us, take us hunting every morning, do the scouting, help us getting food and, and everything like that's, it's a, it's a big job on your part, right? Like you're not just showing up in the morning and going for a hunt. Like you, you've got guests showing up from out of country or out of province or. 
excuse me, at a town, whatever it is, um, you know, you're, you're, you're a guide, essentially. You're a guide without getting paid as a guide. Is what's happening, right? So we, yeah. I know when when we left, we gave you a, a gift card with uh, with Pat Hendricks for Canadian Waterfowl Supplies, and and we were like, well, you know, we'll we'll do this for Woody, and and I'm like, I wish I had more money to give him because you know, like it wasn't nearly enough to to cover off all the frigging around you did with us, but but well, it is it was it was greatly appreciated. I'll tell you that. No, but like it is like it's a lot of work when you've got friends showing up and you want to make sure that they're having a good time and that they're on the birds and 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 the whole bit, right? So oh yeah, I mean it can be. I mean, you know, like Jeff and Karen, this will be their fourth time up. Yeah. That the two of them came up. Jeff came up in 2011, I think. Yeah. Um was his first time here. So but yeah, I mean they're you know, they're friends. Judy and Karen get along great. Jeff and I get along great. So, yeah. you know, it's, and I, yeah, I put a lot of effort into it, but I think that's just part of the, the Island way, you know, I mean, of course. it's just the Island hospitality. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you've got, uh, you know, and when it comes to Jeff and Karen, you know, you couldn't ask for two better guests because, you know, they don't have any expectations They're pretty, pretty max relax and, you know, they don't, they don't, they just want to, I know, I know Karen, I know Jeff enjoys his time up there with you, but I think Karen enjoys it even more so than what Jeff does. Cause I think Karen uh, considers that a, her little piece of heaven. And, and uh, I think she enjoys it even more so than what Jeff does. It's just a chance for her to completely unwind and, and just enjoy the salt water different from, from being in Maryland. Right. Oh, for sure. And she usually gets out on a couple of hunts with us and then there's no pressure. I mean, last year she wants to shoot a black duck. So the field where we put the eelgrass out to yeah. uh, use decoys, yeah. her and I went in and, and she shot, uh, I think she shot just one black duck that day. Yeah. We saw, you know, we saw a ton of ducks that morning, but it was the same kind of thing as the, the morning that we were there that just wasn't, yeah, wasn't a, a duck hunting day, but mm. Um, you know, once she got her black duck, she was. <laughs> I remember that morning. I remember that morning, and and I hope St I hope Steve is listening to this too when when we're when I'm talking about this. So Steve Steve comes down comes down to PEI, and he's got this. He got a pile of guns with him, and I'm like, man, I don't know why you're carrying all them guns around. Uh, I'm like, you know, they're junk. I don't know why you're, why you're doing it, all this stuff. And he's, you know, shut up. And he's like, you're an idiot. And, and, and the whole bit, right. And him and I are going back and forth and we're sitting in, we're sitting in the blinds that morning. We've got the you know, crabgrass, eelgrass put out. We've got the, we got all the decoys set, everything. And, and this, a pair of birds starts working the spread and I'm, I'm trying to get, I, really what I'm doing is I'm copying Jeff at this point. Jeff doesn't have his gun up. Jeff's got his phone up, uh, which he has with him. And it's up recording all the time when you're with Jeff Coates. Um, and I'm recording too. And, and Sagulik goes up to, to shoot these birds and has a misfire. And I just about shit my pants. I laugh so hard. 
because he's telling me how awesome this gun is that he's using. And right off the bat, first thing, misfire. And he couldn't get it to work anymore. He had to take, I don't know if you remember this, but he had to take Jeff's gun in order for him to be able to shoot anything because his gun wouldn't work at all that morning. So it, it was fun. I hope you're listening to this and you're cursing me right now as you're listening to it. And I'm sure you'll call me uh, as soon as you're done the episode because uh, it was fun and I had a lot of laughs at it. Had a lot of laughs at your expense, but sorry. Um, yeah, so, you know, Karen got her black duck. I know Jeff shot, a, Jeff shot one that day too if memory serves me correct, but they had went out tuna fishing, which I didn't realize that PEI is like the tuna fishing capital of North America, isn't it? Is it something yeah, like well, that? North Lake claims to be the, the tuna, bluefin tuna, tuna capital of the world. Yeah, which is... Which North is Lake's the eastern end of the island. Yeah, which is, which is crazy um, to think about it because... I, I didn't know that, and I'd like to think I'm, I'm pretty educated when it comes to Canadian things, um, and I didn't know that, so I was, I was pretty surprised, and then, you know, Karen got her tuna, we ate, we ate some of it, which was fucking delicious, um, but yeah, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm just going on about that trip in, in PEI, because it was, it was so much fun, it was, and up to that point, it was the only province or territory that I hadn't been in was PEI. I'd been in every province in Canada, every territory, and PEI was the one that I'd never, ever made it to. So that was my first time on the island, and it was nice because it reminded me a lot of home, uh, and that was that was the big thing, that, that hospitality and, and the same, you know, the same same way of, of treating people as, as what you guys do. And, and of course I had a cousin that that's relocated there. His, his girlfriend, fiance, wife, um, she's, she's an Island girl. So she, he moved back to be with her and they, they live in Charlottetown. So I get, I got to visit some family while I was down there too. So that, that was, that was always a, a, a real nice treat, real nice treat as well. Yeah, I don't know if I knew that that was your first time here. I, I think you did tell me that, but um, yeah, it, yeah, I'm sure I did. Um, but you know, we did have uh, in the cabins at night. There, there may have been four or five different conversations all happening at the same time, right? So uh, I may have said it and 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 missed you, but um, but yeah. So sorry to get back. You know, Jeff is coming up this year. Um, you're not going to Maryland, but Jeff is coming up. I really wish that I could have could have been able to make it um, down this year, but I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to PEI. And and for a reason that you and I had talked about before we had started this show, uh, for me, I just don't think um, I can afford to be able to make the trip to PEI this year. Just on you know the cost of fuel and everything else for me to be. Uh, to leave Ontario by myself and drive to PEI and back, staying in the cottages and, and Shaw's cottages are absolutely beautiful. Um, but I just don't think I could do it by myself uh, money-wise. So, so I've had to, you know, step back from the PEI trip. But I, I wonder, you know, 
is it going to affect me much more than having to cancel a couple trips that I had planned? Like how, how much scouting am I going to be able to do this year with, with the cost of, you know, I, you only have so much money. Um, and if your wife is like mine, spending all my money in gas to chase birds um, is not high on her priority list. So um, I, I, I'm wondering like, with the cost of every and and it's everything. It's not just gas. It's food. It, it's parts. It's it's equipment. Like I'm hearing right now that there's going to be a lot of sticker shock um, once prices start hitting the shelves for for decoys and gear uh, this year in Canada. There's going to be a lot of sticker shock. Fellas are going to be like, "What the hell is going on?" Last year these decoys were forty dollars cheaper. Um, than what they are now and and i'm wondering how much that's going to have an effect on on getting people out into the blinds this year yeah i'm just glad i've got everything i need um <laughs> yeah. well yeah i've got everything i need maybe not everything i want but everything i need oh you'll always want more for sure yeah, yeah. and it may, i'm sure it's going to affect people you know like upgrade decoys this year well no i can't do it yeah i'll have to wait next year and so oh yeah and scouting like you said putting money in the in the tank uh, i'm sure i'll be doing more hunting close to home well i really like your idea where you're just saying you know every week i'm putting 50 bucks into a jar uh and and you know sort of kind of plan for that right because it's gonna the thing is is what i'm guilty of every year is is i say i can't wait for the waterfowl season to start and I think it's so long and before long, it jumps up on top of me. And, and here I am a week out, I'm, I'm putting new weights on, I'm running around trying to get the boat ready, putting new weights on decoys, chatting with farmers, you know, doing all that stuff. Uh, and it just, it climbs up on you before you know it. Right. And I think I'm going to have to do what you're doing. And is that, for the simple stuff, just on the gas. And so fuel for the boat, fuel for the truck, um, the odds and ends that you got to get shells, um, you know, everything is, is going to increase this year. And I don't think, well, I know I'm not properly prepared for it right now. I think I'm going to be hurting come September when I start. Okay. Um, it's go time. I'll, I got all the gear that I need, but it, it's, it's the consumable stuff that, stuff that you need every, you need to be replacing every couple of days or every week um that i think is gonna gonna really affect me yeah it's uh i think it's gonna be a shock to a lot of people really the way the gas is going especially well yeah like my truck right now it's costing me over 200 bucks to fill fill my tank right and and i know you know, we've got a lot of listeners down in the States. I, I don't know what you're paying a gallon right now, but right here in Ontario per gallon, we're at what around $8, $8 and probably 10 cents, $8 and 10 cents a gallon right now in, in Ontario. I don't know why you guys are down. What are you at per liter down there now, Jeff? uh 206 208 a liter okay so you're not far off from us i know dad in in newfoundland like they're 220 230 Early. yeah now there's talk that you know the government's going to drop the the governmental 
tax, the provincial tax on gas. So that should save you, I think it's going to save them uh, around six to eight cents a liter. But, you know, um, I, I'm curious on, I, I'm curious on the, the you know, the, the fellows south of the border, because I know their, their gas prices, their, their fuel prices are going up as, as well. Um, and I'm wondering how much it's going to affect everybody in North America when it comes to scouting and chasing birds this year. How, how much of, a, of, it, of an effect is it going to have on your, on your waterfowl season? Because I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a big effect on mine. I got to get up and let the cat in here. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering why he was looking at it. I was like, well, it's not, <laughs> it's not the missus unless she's no. surprised, unless she's surprising you and coming home from Europe early, but. No, just, I got a cat meowing at the window. So if I don't let her in, I'll forget about her. And, and then next the thing, yeah. And then the, the missus is, and then the missus is mad at you. Well, exactly. She comes home. There's no cat. Mm -hmm. I may yeah. Come on, you. Any tips, uh, Woody, on on what you you know? For anybody, even if you even if you're a seasoned guy and and you've been doing a, a guy or a girl, I hate saying just guy, but um, any tips for anybody when it comes to when it comes to chasing? Um, and I don't mean tips as in you know how to set up your spread or anything, but just. Any tips on on how to have a more enjoyable hunt and and ways to introduce more people in into the world? Do you have any tips on on that sort of thing? Uh, I think just having no expectations when you go out, you know, just go out and enjoy it, just yeah. for the sense of being there. You know, I mean, you go out and the sun comes up and you're watching, you know, red-tailed hawk chase the bird, or you see an eagle soaring by, or there's a lot of things you see that you're not going to see sitting at home on the couch. That's right. So, you know, to shoot a limit is great. Um, but to me, it's not the be all end all by any means. I, uh, I remember one morning uh, and, and it was a little bay that we had went to it was where uh, Sawyer retrieved, uh, retrieved that goose um, where we were. And that sunrise that morning, Steve Sagulik took a picture of me placing placing decoys with that sunrise in in the back or in uh, yeah in the background and of all of the laughs because i had a ton of laughs in pei all of the first experiences and all of the all of the great things that i'd done in pei that picture um was just an amazing amazing way to, to stamp it out because that was our last hunt um, while we were there, right? Because the next morning we left and, and made our way back. So what a way to end it because, you know, th there was two things that morning. It was a beautiful sunrise and, and just an absolute, you know, they took some pictures and Jeff was on, Jeff was doing his thing with Instagram and, and he was, you know, doing, doing his thing. And it was awesome to hear him in the background. Uh, I'm setting up your hand curved decoys. I'm setting up Jeff's hand curved decoys. Um, and here I am, you know, gunning over yours and Jeff's uh, handmade decoys with this beautiful sunrise surrounded by, you know, friends. Sawyer, that was Sawyer's first goose retrieve, right? Yeah. So yeah, that was cool. Jeff, 
yeah, just an amazing, just an amazing morning, right? And and those are the things that I think I think a lot of people and I was I was just like it, you know, where you just all you care about is just smashing birds. And I love smashing birds, don't get me wrong. And I love hitting the limit. Love it, love it, love it. But I think as you get older in this game or or as you get as you spend more time in this game of chasing the birds, those are the things that that really stand out to you, right? Is hunting over a friend's hand curved decoys, that beautiful sunrise, that picture being surrounded by friends. That's, that's the little intangibles that, you know what, for, for the most part, you don't see on these, I don't even know if people buy the, the, the duck hunting DVDs anymore, but you know, those, those DVDs and, and all the videos and, and all the social media, I don't think they, they share that stuff enough, right? Because I think as a young age, you're just, all you see is those piles of birds and, and don't get me wrong. I love piles of birds. Um, but there's sometimes there's things that just makes you want to sit back and just, you know, really, really appreciate it. And that, that last morning in PEI was, was definitely one of those for, for me, I can tell you that. Yeah. Well, I can remember saying to you, I mean, the, you know, the forecast was sunny skies and no wind. Mm -hmm. uh, not what you want to hear as a duck hunter if you're yeah. not you know it doesn't affect you so much as a goose hunter you got a field full of geese they're going to come yeah um but we didn't have that and i can remember saying to you like here's my thought we'll go out we'll, we'll hunt over my curve decoys jeff's curve decoys and at least it's an experience yeah you know it's something like you say you can you can tell people of that experience that yeah you know we only shot what we got that goose and we got a duck maybe I mean, yeah it wasn't i think i think so hunt, but, yeah but it was and that sunrise was just beautiful you couldn't have Amazing. found no sunrise. you couldn't have uh, painted it better no so i mean it all came together to be a a memorable day and you know for different reasons than maybe what most people intended to be yeah like i yeah and i think i remember you know, you had said to me, well, this is the plan. And I remember going to, to Steve and Josh and I'm like, listen, like the chances of it being an epic hunt aren't, aren't great. And they were like, well, we don't care. Like, let's just, just go out. We're here. Like, why would we, why would we stay back and not go? You know, you know what I mean? Like, no, yeah. let, let's go. And, and that was the beauty about that group of people because everybody was like, no, no, let's go. And, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, around nine o'clock when our stomachs started rumbling, we were like, okay, it's time, time to head back to the cottage. We got, we got some of, some of Judy and Jeff's salsa waiting for scrambled eggs and, and uh, you know, all of that good stuff. So um, it, it was a fabulous morning, buddy. And I, I know I've told you a uh, hundred times, but I can't, I can't, uh, I'll never be able to repay you for that, for that trip because it was such a great trip. Um, getting to hang out with you and then all of your friends, uh, Peter, I, I talked to Peter, you know, uh, I talked to him probably once a month. Um, he'll shoot me a message or he'll see something that I post online and then he'll, he'll message me. We'll have chat Polly and, and, and the boys, you know, like it, it was just a fabulous weekend um, or a fabulous week, I should say. And I can't thank you enough for, you know, for, for letting me tag along with you guys, because I know, you didn't know me and, and 
I was coming there because Jeff had mentioned it to uh, Jeff Coates had mentioned it to me, but you didn't know me. And, you know, you, you accommodated me for a week. So me, Steve and Josh, and, and I can't, I can't thank you enough for that, for that, because it was an amazing week and, and the highlight of my year last year, for sure. Yeah, no problem. You know, I'm, you know, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it, even though, you know, once again, it was, it was quiet on the bird front, but, uh, you know, yeah. that, that, that's hunting. Yeah, that's hunting. That's right. Um, we're at around our, our 60 minute mark, Jeff, buddy. So, uh, so we're going to cut her here. Um, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this show. It, it was a little bit different. Um, didn't have everybody on. It was just, it was just Geoff and I, um, and, and a lot of reminiscing about our trip and PEI. So I hope we didn't bore you. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the, the episode and I cannot stress enough. If you have the opportunity to uh, book a hunt over on the Island with, with one of the many guides over there, or if you have an, a, a, you know, an acquaintance over there that, that says, Hey, listen, you should come over here and try it. I promise you, you will not be, you will not be disappointed. Um, Island hospitality and uh and some good hunting i don't think and the food you know if you're a seafood fan well you're not gonna you're gonna have a good time too um so jeff buddy thanks so much for doing this i i really appreciate it buddy yeah well thanks again damien for having me and uh you know i hope it uh hope it turns out to be a good good episode oh it it, it it'll, it'll be a good episode i'm sure lots of people are 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 loving it. I wish we could get into all of the stuff that uh, all of the funny stuff that happened down there, but some of it uh, we'll just we'll keep it amongst us because it's best kept amongst amongst us. So um, with that, ladies and gentlemen, um, this was episode 97 of Union 0430. Thank you so much for your continued support. Um, like we always say, we're not experts. We're just a bunch of friends that love uh, waterfowl hunting and we surround ourselves with the absolute best people that there are and uh, Mr. Jeff Geoff Species Cobra Wood you are one of the best and uh, I really really am honored to call you a friend and and listen I'm not I haven't completely ruled out making it to PEI it just doesn't look great right now so but I promise you we will hunt again in, in the near future, buddy. I promise you that. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this was episode 97. Please like, subscribe, um, and let us know uh, if, you'd, uh, if you have any suggestions for the show. Thanks so much. Big love.